I want to say something about the meaning of our first reading today, but more importantly, I want to suggest how we can pray with this passage. This text today comes from the end, the very end of the book of Amos, and and most of the book, if you remember, we've been going through it uh, this week, uh, is really a word of judgment. Not unlike the other prophetic books in the Old Testament, God has been speaking out against injustice and, and warning his people. Saying, hey, in my kingdom, in my realm, there is no room for, you, for your behaviour, for your lack of love, for your injustice. And, and so there will naturally be a consequence. The, the, the prophetic books are constantly reminding us that, that God is perfectly just. God cannot be anything other than God is. God is perfectly just. So when we, uh, when we fail to, to live according to his justice, then naturally there'll be consequences in the world that God has created, right? In God's realm, in God's kingdom. People often, of course, uh, get stuck in these words of judgment in the Old Testament, and, and sometimes they're the reason why, why people dismiss the Christian faith. But, but what, we, what we may not always recognise is that if we take these uh, prophetic texts and we read them, you know, if we sort of zoom out and we, and we read the whole book, or we, read, um, we sort of read around... Uh, these words of judgments, what we realise is that they always lead towards a promise. And, of course, that's what we heard today in our first reading. It comes at the very end of the book of Amos. The days are coming now, it is the Lord who speaks, when harvest will follow directly after ploughing, the treading of grapes soon after sowing, when the mountains will run with new wine and the hills all flow to it. I mean to restore the fortunes of my people Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them, plant vineyards and drink wine. What we, if, we, if we read the prophetic texts in their entirety, what we realise is that God's justice is not retributive, right? That's the, the kind of justice we're used to. You do something wrong and you get punished, right? That's, that's our world of justice. But that's not how God works. God's justice is always restorative. You hear him today, I mean to restore the fortunes of my people Israel. God promises that he will take our failure and he will turn it towards glory if we allow him to. And that doesn't necessarily marry with our kind of rationale. We don't get that because we're used to punishment, right? But but God is always, no, I will... I will take your injustice and I will, I will enable that to be um, a means for your glory. I will restore you. So, so what we also learn is that, that God is not just perfectly just, but he's also perfectly loving and perfectly compassionate and, and perfectly merciful. And we see this ultimately this promise is, is seen most clearly in the risen Christ. And, and I, it's, it's probably why Jesus has still got his wounds after he's risen from the dead, right? It's a way of reminding us that, hey, I take your wounds, your failure, your injustice, 
and I turn it to glory. What's really important for us is that this doesn't just become a nice, heady uh, exercise. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) But we want to, as best we can, enable this beautiful truth of God's perfect justice and love to to sink into our hearts. And and I want to suggest one one way we can do that, and an important way we do that, is by reflecting on these texts of promise, right? Like the one we have today in our first reading, praying with it. You see, we don't need to wait for the glory. We can start to enter it now. We don't, it's not, we don't have to wait till we die and we you know, get it one day in heaven. We can start to welcome the glory of God now, the, the restorative justice of God. We can start to enter into that now. And so I want to say there are many of these texts in, throughout the Old, the Old Testament. In the prophetic books, we'll find them, where God, uh, he sort of, he comes out of that word of justice and then brings this beautiful promise of restoration. So it's good to spend some time just to sit with one of these texts and just to, you know, you can't, we can't understand it. It's... Um, you know, when God gives us an image of the glory of the, of the restoration or of heaven, it's, you know, we can't sort of understand what that's going to be like. And, and in fact, often God just uses metaphors because we don't have human language to explain what it is that God is going, has in store for us, right? But we can sit with the metaphors. So, for example, when the mountains will run with new wine, in your prayer time, you might just sit with that. The mountains will run with new wine. You might imagine it. Uh, and, and just by sitting with the metaphor, you might find that something of God's glory and, and hope and restorative justice just seeps into your heart and gives you hope even in the midst of your injustice and your weakness and your failure and all the challenges that you're up against. I mean to restore the fortunes of my people Israel. I rebuild their ruined cities. You might just sit with that and allow that to speak to your heart. Here's, here's what we can expect. When we sit with these promises of the Lord, when we, when we allow his restorative justice to, to, to seep into our hearts, it changes our heart and we become more like God. We become less retributive in our justice. Oh, he did this, she did this. Oh, I'm going to punish him, I'm going to punish her, or they deserve punishment. We'll think less that way, and our heart will be more like God's, where we'll, we'll desire restoration rather than payback. 